I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. And this is the Hockey Trash Cast. Also, it's basically just the Hockey Sad Cast now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Uh, the avalanche season has come to an end. Everything is terrible, and uh, I want to die. Here's the thing. I wasn't... I was prepared for the Avs to lose Game 7. Like, I was like, it'll suck. I'll cry. But I'll move on. It's a possibility. What I wasn't prepared for... Was... The wreck? Yeah, for the Sharks to have another Game 7 handed to them. Like... When it sucks because now instead of thinking about like, like if you forget about game seven and you just think about like the series against the Sharks, like it was actually really fun to watch. Like it was very entertaining. Both teams were playing really well. It could have gone either way. It's not because the Sharks won game seven that I'm like pissed. It's because when you think about game seven, All anyone is going to think about forever for history is going to be that fucking idiotic offsides call. It's just... Here's the thing. Like, we can argue whether or not he was offsides all day, and I think he wasn't. But that's... The the NHL has said that he was. That may or may not be bullshit, but that is their official it's, position. It's bullshit, and the rule that they're basing that on is also a bullshit rule that needs to be changed, because it makes no sense that the same rule book says that, oh, well, they're not considered on the ice for too many men, but they are considered on the ice for offsides. Like, regardless, that's shitty, and that needs to be fixed. Yeah. That aside, the call on the ice was onside. The rule book, the, like, rule that they're using to cite to say that he was offside only applies if it's a delayed offside, which it wasn't. So the rule they're citing doesn't even make sense. So they're talking out their ass from the beginning. But what really gets me is that the whole point of video review is it's used to look back at a goal. And if you have... Like, ev- convincing evidence that's like, oh, it was the call on the ice was wrong. You can overturn it. The only footage we have looks like it was taken from a camera on the moon. <laughs> it's literally like, like if you, they're yeah. like, oh, his skate was off the ice. And I'm like, can you see the skate blade? Because I can't. You need to figure out what's going on before you can even identify that it's an abs player on that side of the ice, much less whether or not he's. They're saying his skate is off the ice. You can't even see the fucking skate. It's like, so grainy. It's so blurred. The like, there's just... There's no conclusive evidence. No. At all. So it definitely okay. wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. And the fact that there's just been two blatantly bullshit calls in Game 7s is really making the Sharks look like... Yeah. They've got... They're getting stuff handed to them. And that's not to say that it isn't possible that the Avs could have come back and won after that. 
But it also would have helped if, like, maybe not five seconds later, the refs hadn't missed an obvious tripping from Eric Carlson on Nathan McKinnon on a breakaway. Like, that should have been a penalty shot. There were a lot of really not... There were a lot of missed calls. I mean, there's been missed calls all playoffs long. It's just been fucking anarchy. Like, there were missed calls on both sides. The thing with the playoffs is you just let them play unless someone might actually die, but... But, like, there's just been a lot of really shitty missed calls by every team. Like, just all of it. But, like, in a deciding game for the NHL decision room to just make a decision that, like, is so clearly bullshit is not a good look. Yeah. I, like, I would would still be pissed if we had, like good, clear evidence that Gabe was offside. It's still a bullshit rule. But, like, the worst is they can't even give me good, solid evidence that their bullshit rule applies. Yeah, like, the rule itself is bullshit and needs to be changed. But, like, that aside, there's just no conclude. Like, it's just not conclusive. The evidence isn't. Like, I would be complaining about the fact that the NHL has this bullshit rule that needs to be changed. And that it cost the Avs a game, rather than complaining about the fact that, like, the NHL has tilted the tables in favor of the fucking Sharks with that call. Because they did. Yeah. And, like, I'm not saying we for sure would have won if we had gone to overtime. No, it's entirely possible that the Sharks could have won the game anyway. I just would have liked to have been able to, like, end the game and be like, they played the game and the Sharks were the better team. But, like, we don't know that. We just don't. Like, it just fucking sucks. Because, like, now, if the Sharks do end up winning the Stanley Cup, they're a good enough team to win the Stanley Cup. But they didn't win it because they deserved it. They won it because they had help. And that sucks. Yeah, that's like, gonna it's be ruining the entire playoffs. And I haven't... I can't watch another Sharks game because it just made me so viscerally upset. That, like, they've made it through two rounds on really fucking bad calls. Like, that's just too much for me. Yeah. And then all I'm hearing about this new series is that they're just fucking over the St. Louis Blues left and right. And I'm just like... I haven't seen... I think I saw, like, a period or a period and a half of one game, but I haven't seen a lot of that. The refing has just been bad this whole playoffs because it's real bad in the Boston Carolina series. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the refing's been bad for everyone, but. The worst part is they keep getting rid of refs and being like, yeah, no, you're done. You're not allowed any more playoff games. And the fucking entire thing is still garbage. Like, is this really the best the NHL has to offer? They need to have, like, a fucking refs meeting and just sit them down and be like, let's actually fucking read the rule book and maybe look at some videos of what penalties look like. Because clearly, y'all haven't thought about this in a real long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, pro tip, when players are strangling each other with their sticks on the ice, maybe call something. I don't even care what you call. Just call something. 
pro tip, if you didn't see what happened, don't call a five-minute major. <laughs> also that. Pro tip, if you're looking at grainy evidence, either release the video that shows more evidence that you supposedly have, or just admit that you're biased. Like, it's just so... The officiating in every series has been atrocious. Like, God. Toronto and Boston? Like, physically scary to think about. Like... It's been so bad. At Gary Bedman, turn on your location. We just want to talk. <laughs> Ugh, it's so frustrating. I do, I will say, though, the fact that it was a bullshit offsides call in a Game 7, like, there have been so many problems with the offside review since its inception. Thanks, Look, Matt Duchesne. But, like... Thought- we were done with that motherfucker. He cost us the playoffs. <laughs> Matt Duchesne's the reason we got eliminated. The offside review only exists because of him. Also, might I add, I was scrolling through old episodes of this podcast, and one of them is titled, Upon Further Review, This Episode is Offside. <laughs> And that is so appropriate. Like, what we foreshadowed the season. <laughs> I hate that so much. I'm so... I saw that and I was like, ugh. I hope we cursed Matt Duchesne handily in that episode. What a piece... Like... Ugh. Yeah, because I mean... Offside, there's so many problems with the offside video review. I don't even have a problem with video review in general, but like offsides was never something that should have been up for video review. It just doesn't it, it make sense. Have applied, it, if you were going to have video review for it, whatever, like it's dumb that we have it, but if you're going to have it, it should only be relevant if players directly involved in the play that score. Are yeah. the ones who are offside. Like, if the person who carried in the goal was offside, allowed. Yeah. The fact the that, like, there's the been times where... The, the pass. And we've talked about this before, but, like, the fact that there's plays that go on for, like, minutes, and then the result's in a goal, and they're like, oh, well, it was carried in offside two minutes ago. It's like, and we don't get those two minutes back? Like, all that play was for nothing? That's how this is gonna work? Like, that's such bullshit. No. That's absolute nonsense. But I, at bare minimum, I hope that at least this god-awful play will make it so that the NHL will actually have to fucking look at their offside review and figure I that mean, out. They, they have to, because the thing is, it's not just abs fans who are losing their minds over it. If you watch the NBC coverage, Patrick Sharp literally <laughs> was not paying attention during the intermission broadcast because he was still re-watching the play. Like, they asked him about, you know, something and if the Canes could whatever, like, what the opposition for them was going to be like. And he's like, yeah, I, what was the question? Like, <laughs> he was, like, ready to go off on this call and he like, didn't get the chance to. Like, you could hear the announcers, like, they couldn't even, they were like, oh, the NHL said it was offside, but they couldn't explain why because it didn't make sense. And, like, the fact that they usually, like, when the NHL, when the decision room makes a call, 
they like email the press within a few minutes saying like why it took it them to be like yeah at least another period before they had any info out and like it didn't even make, like, I was like, how long did they have to search to find a rule to back up what they said? Like, that's so fishy. Like, that does, that's not a good look. Yeah. Also, the commentators, when they first challenged that goal, were confused. They're like, you know, you lose your timeout and you get a penalty if you challenge and it's not offside. So coaches are really sure when they challenge like this and... We yeah, they were confused. Know. And then when they were like, it's offside, they were like, uh, I guess it's offside. But like, you could tell everybody they on the broadcast team at- was like, what? But couldn't because say anything. At first was on Nate or Wilson, whoever was bringing the puck in. They're like, yeah, no, like, he's very much on sides. Like, everything's good. And they're like, I guess we should look over on the other side of the ice, like, look on the bench side. And they're like, well, there's a player getting off the ice. They were like, it's a sloppy line change, but someone made a good point. They were like, if you really want to find a single person to blame, it shouldn't be Landeskog. It should be Varley, because he's just sitting there not opening the door for him. (laughs) And I was like, ah! I mean, on the one hand, I would always like to blame Varley, because Landy is a perfect human, and, like, it does not deserve the blame for this. No one does, because it's just stupid as fuck. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Paul Bissonette, Biz Nasty 2.0, oh was like, God. that was a bullshit call. But, like, originally, he first was like, why the fuck wasn't the door open? Like, if I was on that team, that door would have been open and Landy would have been having a fucking foot massage by the time <laughs> that that <laughs> He was like, and someone was like, well, was it a good call? And he was like, it doesn't matter if I'd been there, it wouldn't have been an issue because the door would have been open. At the abs, spend the bare minimum to bring Paul out of retirement. Just to open. He was like, I was a fourth line plug. I wasn't good. I knew my place. My place was to open the fucking door for my team captain. Sometimes Biz Nasty just has the best takes. I love Biz so much. We stand. Oh my god. Also, the whole Altitude crew lost their mind. John Michael Lyles was rendered speechless. Like, he couldn't even talk. And Keith and Riker were just, like, screaming and all of them, and even Vic and Barney, were all like, hockey players, way more polite than we are, because we would have been all over that. And Gabe's just sitting here like, I'm not going to comment on the call, like, what happened, happened. That was such, so I was honestly me. like, can you imagine if it had been Nathan McKinnon that had been the one caught? Because he would have lost it. Don't even say that. Like, I'm gonna cry thinking about it. Like, that. no, I'm just saying, like, the NHL's lucky it was well-mannered Swede Gabe Landeskog, because he can put on a pretty political face, but, like... Yeah, that's... Fuck. That's why Gabe is our captain. Absolutely. Frankly, he was probably on enough good drugs by the time they got to him that he was just like, Gabe is a perfect human, and <laughs> we could have gone all the way, so I'm sad. Although I will say, if there's one good thing to take from this, it's that there aren't more games for injured Nate to try and play. 
thank God. Because he's like, oh yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's just this shoulder sprain thing that I've had before. I've had it happen before. They just gave me a shot of something. And Jared Bednar was like, that boy would have needed to have been on a stretcher to not play. Yeah. I, ugh. They haven't disclosed what the injury actually is either. There's been no disclosure on what it actually is. Yeah. I mean... So I'm, I, I... Like, 90% confident it's worse than whatever the fuck Nate said it was in that there interview. There is no power in the universe that would have stopped Nate no. from getting back to the ice. Like, if he no. had failed concussion protocol, they would have had to tie him down. He still would have got off the he ice. He said like, the only reason they got him off the ice is because they thought his collarbone was broken, and they were like, Nate, we can't have you playing with a broken bone. And so that's how they got him off the ice. And then when they were like, well, the bone's not broken, it's a muscle tear, he was like, gotta go fast! Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why? And the worst part is, I can't even be like, Nate, you don't carry the whole team. Because, like, because we, we, we saw like, how bad they were! He left for, like... 10 minutes, and the team was like, we don't know how to play hockey anymore. And then he got back and was like, what the fuck? It's like that, it's like that episode of Community where they, like, one of them goes to get pizza and then comes back and the room is on fire and, like, people are missing limbs. Like, that's what that moment was. Nate came back with pizza, except the pizza was his numb arm. And he was like, what? Yeah, fucking Nate left the ice, and my dad texts, sucks that McKinnon might be hurt bad. I was like, are you kidding me right now, Dad? I am not okay. I was like, I started crying as soon as he left the ice. Like, I was like, this is not happening. Obviously, I continued to cry. At other points during the game. Anyway, fuck Matt Duchesne. Yes. In conclusion. You know who else needs to fuck off? A lot of people, but specifically. Specifically? James Marillat needs to get fucked. Yes. So I don't know if you heard about this. If you haven't, like, don't look it up. We're not going to tweet it. We're not going to post it. Because no one needs to see this god-awful article. But I had to read it, so I'm going to complain about it. Guys, this is the worst thing that has ever been published in the history of sports journalism. So I would like to extend a deep and very heartfelt fuck you to both James Merrillat and Sports Radio 104.3, the fan in Denver. You all suck. So, first and foremost, 104.3, the fan, primarily covers football, and then they do a little bit of, um, and a fair amount of baseball. And they They rarely talk about hockey. But, like, all of the Altitude staff basically tear them apart on a regular basis for being like, you guys aren't 
you guys have no idea what you're doing. Like, please they don't. don't. That's the thing. They know jack shit about hockey. And so then they get mad every time that they talk about hockey because they get attacked by Avs fans being like, you don't know shit. But the thing is, that could easily be remedied if they had anyone on their staff that knew anything about hockey. Yeah. This, like, this at article all. Literally, this literally reads like someone who pulled up the Avs point totals from last year and read, like, three articles about the abs during the playoffs and decided that that made them an expert. That's being generous, okay? This person fucking read the Wikipedia article on the Colorado Avalanche and saw the video of the offsides. Like, that's it. That's all they saw. They just saw, like, oh, abs were eliminated. That's it. That's all they saw. The number of points we had last season. So they at least look at that much up. I think Wikipedia has that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I... That's fair. That's fair. This is probably done off purely Wikipedia. Basically, the thesis of this article is that there's no evidence the avalanche are trending in the right direction. What the fuck? Like, (laughs) like... I have no words. Like, NBC Sports hates us, and even they're like, damn, the abs are looking real fucking good. They got a great future. up after Game 7, they said... The Sharks may have won this series, but they won't do it next year. Like, when the Avs come back, they will win. So, Like, NBC said we will win next year. Honestly, the worst part about this, though, like, we haven't even gotten there. So, like, the take is bad from the get-go. Like, the Avs are clearly trending in the right direction. Even if, but if you wanted to play devil's advocate and say they weren't, this isn't how you would do it. Like, this isn't even... Okay, no. so take number one. They have they have three points. There are three points that they are using to make this case. <laughs> and and here are his started. three points. The first one is that last season, the Avs had 95 points, and this year, they only had 90. Like, do, do they know <laughs> what happened in the NHL this year? The like, entire Central, like, the entire Western Conference forgot how to play hockey for, like, a solid three months in the middle of the season. Tampa Bay had all of the points that were to be had, and everyone else had not. <laughs> like, that's just how things went. That's just a bad take. Like, that's just not even, like, whatever. Um, like, and the thing is, that could have been turned into a good take. So, if I am playing devil's advocate and wanted to be, like, the Avs seasons, like, if you compare it to last season... You can't say this one is better. You could argue it. I don't think you should. But, like, you could. And the way you would make that argument would be that every other team started to suck so bad that can we safely say the Avs were necessarily playing better hockey or were they just not facing good competition? And that would be, like, a decent argument to make. But it would still be bullshit because those are the teams that we're going to be playing in the playoffs, so it would still be putting us closer to the Stanley Cup. Honestly, yeah, you'd have to look at our, like, in-conference record and then just look at who we beat this year as opposed to last year. Yeah. Because I feel like last year most of our wins were really soft. We beat Winnipeg and Nashville. Yeah, we just played a lot better. Like, we did play better this season except for when we forgot how to play hockey for, like, three months. Yes, we did lose to the Kings at home. That was a thing that happened, but, like... 
that was a dark time. It's fine. We moved on. We and got it was better. weird. It was just weird. Like, the whole leak got weird, you know? Like, just weird shit was happening. No one could, like, it was just weird. Like, it, it was such a weird season. Buffalo was winning the league. The St. Louis Blues are in the conference finals, and they didn't even, they were bottom of the league at the halfway point. Yeah. Like, this was a wild year, so I feel like this argument is invalid. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad argument, and they didn't even try to make the point. Like, he failed miserably. Point number two. In 2017-18, the Avs clinched the number eight seed in the Western Conference with a win in their 82nd in final game. This year, they earned the same seed with a win in their 81st game. First of all, that's not even a bad point. That's like, yeah, they got the same seed, but they won it sooner? Also, like, was he aware of how tight the playoff spot race was in the West? Yeah, like, last season it was between the Avs and the Blues, and that's why it ended up coming down to that last game, because it was literally, like, it was just that tight between the two teams. This season, there were, like, eight teams vying for that wildcard yeah, spot, and we were at the bottom of those eight teams for a really long time, and then all of a sudden just, like, fucking sprinted to the top. Yeah, but, like, we would change playoff positioned by, like, three spots after every game. Yeah, it was like, bizarre. Everyone had the same point. There was, there were some, like, elaborate third and fourth tiebreaker calculations that were happening. Yeah, people they, were worried about uh, Roe because it was, like, possibly gonna be an issue. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a lot. So. That's a bad take. Bad take. Also, that's literally, like, we clinched a spot earlier. That seems like improvement. Yeah. Like, sorry we weren't Tampa Bay and clinched, like, three months before the end of the season because we won every fucking game that we played. Yeah. But here's the real kicker. This is... You think you've heard bad takes? You haven't heard bad takes. This is... The worst sports take I've ever heard in my life. A year ago, Nathan McKinnon was a finalist for the Hart Trophy. This season, he failed to be included among the three players in the running for the league's Most Valuable Player Award. Also last season, Jared Bednar was nominated for the Jack Adams Award. He wasn't considered this year. What does that even mean? What does it mean? Who fucking sat down at a goddamn computer and was like, I'm gonna type this, and then I'm gonna publish it, because it's worth someone reading. Like, okay. Okay, look. The Jack Adams one, the only reason Bednar was nominated last year is because we were coming off of the worst season in Avalanche history. Yeah, just like, bet. So like, worse, and we made it to the playoffs. It was like, the turnaround. That was a big deal. Like, no, you're not going to get nominated because you continued to make the playoffs. Like, yay. It's like a most improved award, you know? You don't get it unless you sucked before, you know? Like, you had to do something new and different. Yeah. They didn't need to do something yeah. new and different this season, so he wasn't nominated. Yeah, like, 
he continued to be a competent coach of a decent team. And then Nate not being a finalist for the Hart Trophy. Like, okay, sorry Nikita Kucherov was like a fucking, I don't even, a god of hockey this year. And just like had over like, um, like 150 points almost. Like he had a truly stupid number of points. Like an unreasonable Like obviously he's the runaway winner for the Hart Trophy. Your other nominees are Connor McDavid. Should he be nominated? No, but like everybody loves to nominate Connor McDavid because they do. Look, I, his life really sucks. This is the only thing he has going for him. I will give them that. Sidney Crosby. Which like admittedly single-handedly like, dragged the Penguins to the playoffs. You want to talk about a team that's backsliding? It's the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> because if like the Pens are not doing well like that's that what they were hard to watch in the playoffs because i was like god there was so much talent on this team and it's just not gelling this year and like a lot of the players are just aging past the point of where they're gonna be really great you know who wasn't aging past the point of where they were great was Sidney crosby who lit i mean single-handedly carried the team to the playoffs yeah and it, they got swept because he didn't score in the playoffs. Like, that's... It was literally just... I mean, if you... You don't even have to know anything about hockey to know that. Because, like, if you just watched the Avs play the Pens, like, it was fucking the Avalanche versus Sidney Crosby. Like, that was the game. It was Sid got a hat trick, the Avs still won. Like, that was... That's what happened this season. I just... And also, like, in order to be most valuable player, you have to be so much better than everyone else you're playing with. Like, is it a bad thing that Nate wasn't as valuable to the team because the other, the rest of the team was better this season? Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, that's yeah. why he isn't a Hart nominee is because the rest of the team was so much better this season. He is a standout player. He's elite. He's fucking incredible. But, like, Miko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog, fucking Carl Soderberg all had career seasons, too. So you can't yeah. look at the team and in good faith be like, yeah, Nate's the reason they were good this season. Because that's just not true. He's a big part of it, but he's not the only reason, because everybody was doing kicking ass. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's it. That's their case for why the abs are not trending upward and if and the reason that they're confident is because all they did last offseason was acquire philip grubauer which is wrong first of all that was a great move so like don't even throw that out there's like i guess they did something that was not terrible like, like they no. found a starting goalie like that's not negligible also, we picked up Matt Calvert, who is honestly the reason we won half of the games we won against San Jose. Matt Calvert owns my heart and also is the dad of the team, okay? Like, get fucked. He's been so important. The, the abs looked so much better in the playoffs with Matt Calvert, 
and then he missed, like, two games with an injury, and it was noticeable. Like, he's a fourth liner, and you notice when he's not there because they, they don't play as well. Yeah. Like, to say they, that that's not a relevant part of the team is such bullshit. Yeah. And then he proceeds to, this article then proceeds to go through, he's like, so the spin is Joe Sackick wants to keep the group he built together to see how far they can go. That's why the Avs will spend big to retain their own restricted free agents. Keeping those players will cost a lot of money, burning through the available cap space in a hurry. Like, does, does this dude not realize that we have the most extra, <laughs> like, if not the most, we're in, like, the top five most extra cap space in the league. Like, we have money so we can sign all of our guys who are coming off their ELCs. And that's also a bad take in that it's not that we want to keep the group that we have, which, like, we kind of do, but, like, it's that the group we have is consistently growing and we've got great players in our system. We've got a fourth overall draft pick coming, and they might not play next season, but, like, they're going to play soon. We've got Kale McCarr is going to be playing all next season. We've got a lot of really great players in the Eagles right now that are going to be moving up into the abs. It doesn't make sense to be spending a lot of money on older free agents to bring into the team when we've got young talent that we've already got. Like, we already have the talent. So it doesn't make sense to be making these flashy Columbus Blue Jackets moves. Yeah, and that's the thing. Keeping all of the young guys we have, they're all getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not like we're investing in guys who are have hit their peak and are on the backslide. No. These are all like, players that are growing. Younger than 25, and they're all getting better. Like, one of the people on his list of people... To, okay, this is the list of free agents, restricted free agents that he has. Sven Andragetto, I'm unfortunately not confident that he's even going to end up resigning, so that's kind of a moot point, and if he does, it'll be a qualifying offer at most. JT Comfer, like, career season. He blew everyone's expectations out of the water. Like, at the beginning of the season, we said, we were like, of the three, like, the rookie houses, people still call them, because, like, that's what they'll always be. They'll be, like, 80 and living together in a retirement home, and I'll be like, the rookie house! Anyway. <laughs> JT Comfort, Alexander Kerfoot, and Tyson Jones. We, I said, and I believed it at the time, that JT Comfort had the lowest ceiling of all three of them. I was yes. wrong. I was proven so wrong. He kicked Alexander and Jost's asses this season. Like he blew them out of the water. Was so he's like got the potential. Like I honest to god think if he keeps this up that he's going to be a top 6 forward. Like he's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to fucking spend money to save him because no one saw that coming and why would they give that away? Thanks Buffalo. We appreciate you. <laughs> How's not having Ryan O'Reilly anymore working out for you? <laughs> Fuck Ryan O'Reilly. Um, Alexander Kerfoot is next on the list. He Can't held hurt. his own on the top line in the playoffs with Gabe Landeskog and Nathan McKinnon. Was he as good as them? No. Like, no one's arguing that point. But, like, 
he was enough to like be on that line and allow them to like make plays and be yeah, successful. Really well. He is playing really well. He just he was cursed. He could not get a point. <laughs> the thing about the thing is you can tell how much someone actually watches the abs versus just reads about the abs by their opinion on Alexander Kerfoot, because if they think that he's useless, it's because they're just looking at score sheets. Because if you watch, he tries so hard, and he makes really great plays, and they just never turn into scoring, and it doesn't make sense. Like, where's the witch that cursed Alexander Kerfoot? Turn on your location, I just want to <laughs> talk. Like, what the fuck? Truly. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. But he's great, and he's a great player, and he's growing, and he's young. Like, yeah, they're gonna spend money to keep him. Miko Rancinen, like, can you even Just make a case to not spend a, a lot of money to keep him? Like, what imagine are you suggesting? A world where we don't offer Miko everything he wants. Of course we're gonna keep Miko Rantanen. He's probably gonna be our highest paid player next season. Like, unless his request was like, you have to trade Landy and Nate for me to stay. Which he's not gonna gonna do! Like, what the fuck? And then Nikita does the door up. And, like, Z has room for improvement, but, like, you can't say that Z isn't worth paying like he's a good player he's a restricted free agent like why wouldn't we keep him we have so much defensive potential in the system that i get not signing him to like a seven-year contract oh yeah but like the fact is most of our defensive potential is all small fast guys like gerard and mccarr yeah i think keeping z around is good big guys around and you know, I don't know how much longer Cole's going to stick around. EJ's signed through 2023, but, like... That'll be the end or the very close to the end of his career, unfortunately. You know? <sighs> but, like, the point is, we need some big guys, and Z is young, and he's one of those. And he's he's still improving. He is. He is making noticeable improvements. But he is our best physical defenseman by a long shot. Like, Yeah, he led the league in hits last year, and I think he's up there this year. Yeah, like, he's the player that, like, I don't think that's all he is. I don't think he only exists to, like, beat up other players. But, like, we don't have anyone, a lot of other people. We have Cole and Z. Like, those are our players that can do that. EJ yeah. kind of, but like he does a lot of other things too. So yeah, he doesn't. He's, he's not really a, like a pure physical. the physical, like he's big enough to be physical, but he's also skilled enough that like he can and should be doing other things. Yeah, so. EJ is like a perfect NHL defenseman. Honestly, <laughs> like you know what I like. You like he fits everything that you could need an NHL yeah. defenseman to do. Yeah, which isn't to say that like he's automatically better than offensive defensemen. That's just, he he fits wherever you need him to. Yeah. Whereas Z and and Cole are solidly going to be those more, like, heavy-hitting physical guys. And Z's really good at that, and he's got a lot, he's improving, he's getting better. 
Like, he got benched a few games at the beginning of the season, and now he's not, because he's he's getting better. Yeah. Taking less stupid penalties. Get rid of defensemen. Like, Mark Barbario's gonna go before Z does. Honestly, I feel like we're probably gonna drop Nemeth before we drop Z. Yeah. And we should. Nothing against... I love Barb's and Nemo. Like, nothing against either of those guys. It's just... Yeah, but, like, it's a logic. Point, we have to make room for the other people that exactly. we have coming up. And, like... Ryan Graves. Like, let him play. Please. I miss him. Ugh. It's just been... That article is just such bullshit. Yeah. It was garbage. The next on our list is everyone is playing injured all the time, which is true, but was there something specific you were going for with that one, Emily? I just saw some tweet from the stars that they had two players playing with broken feet. One of them broke their foot in the playoffs and kept playing, and the other one had broken their foot earlier in the season, wasn't healed, and was playing. Okay, I don't follow the stars, so I didn't see that, but what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So, boys, please don't do this to yourselves. That's so stupid. I want to find that quote from Sidney Crosby about, like, he literally compares himself to, like, a racehorse, and I can't remember how he does it, but he's basically saying, like, you have to know when to take time off because... Like, you want to be in it for the long haul. Like, you have to think about the future, basically, is what he's he's saying. And, like, I'm sh- he's played injured. He's done stupid shit before, because he's Sidney Crosby. But, like... Yes. <laughs> like, you do it... Like, think about that. Like, Nico Hichier last year playing with, like, a broken wrist the entire season. Like, don't do that. It's fucking bullshit. It's stupid. Yeah. Ugh. Be better. Don't do that. Stop. Stop that. Stop playing with severe injuries. Stop, like, listening to the ghost of Herb Brooks. Like, just stop. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you, if you, if you want to be a hockey player, you can't keep playing on injuries that are going to get worse, so. Yeah, especially ones that are to, like, critical hockey playing parts of your body. You need your feet to skate. <laughs> yeah. Sled hockey is a great sport, but it's completely different than the NHL, so like... Yeah. Ugh. Oh. In good hockey news, and if you've been wondering how I, who have just said that I'm not watching it, like half the playoff games... I'm getting my hockey fix. Worlds is happening! The International Ice Hockey Federation World Men's Championship is going down right now uh, in Slovakia. Some of the abs have gone over recently. Jost is playing for Canada. He's already played. He literally got off the plane and went to the rink to play in the Canada-Great Britain game on Sunday. Yeah, so Joseph's playing. Canada's, like, really not looking good, which is fucking weird. Like, I watched Canada play Slovakia today, and I was like, why the fuck is this game like this? Okay, I didn't see that one. They look great against Great Britain, but that's, Britain's like, they terrible. Great 
But like, they yeah. should be so good though. Their roster is so good. Yeah, it's weird. Um, maybe you should listen to the ghost of Herb Brooks when it comes to like thinking about personalities when you put a team together, and not just like are they individually skilled players. Um, yeah. Because I think that's been Canada's downfall the last couple of years. Um, not that I'm saying I would do a better job, but just, like, it's interesting. Russia also has a stacked team, and Nikita, Nikita Zadorov, Zadorov is playing, is playing for them. So that's great. Um, Grubauer is, yeah, Sven Andrighetto is playing for Switzerland. And he, Switzerland was amazing last season, and he was a big part of it. So yeah. they're big underdogs, so they're really fun to watch and root for. Um, highly recommend that. Uh, who else have we got? Um, oh, Grubauer is goalie for Germany. And, um, Frank Hughes is yes. in for the Czech Republic. Yes. But he was always in for the Czech Republic. Yeah. And yeah. then there were rumors that Gabe is joining Team Sweden. We will see. We have not confirmed Yeah, I yet. haven't seen that from any official sources, but I've seen seen a lot of people mentioning it. Sweden's kicking ass. I watched Sweden play today a little bit. They've got They're a looking good real good. They're looking real good. So, um... Yeah. Worlds is super fun to watch. It's not at all like watching the NHL. One, the rink is built differently, so they like the strategy has to be different. But, like, more importantly, the teams are just not evenly matched. And sometimes you watch a game... Like, Sweden versus Norway today. And you just see, like, one team is so much better than the other team. Because, like, their country just has more interest in hockey. Or, like, better development for hockey than the other country does. And it's just awkward. Yeah, that's like when the U.S. played France. Or (laughs) Canada played Great Britain. Like, yeah. Well, then you also have, like, populations factoring into it. Because, like, in Canada, like, they don't have the hugest population. But, like, they hockey, Canada, synonyms. Like, same thing. Yeah. So, of course, you've got a fuck ton of amazing hockey players out of Canada. The U.S. just has a lot of people. So, like, you can really pick and choose who you want on your team. Whereas, like, I don't even think France has any NHL players. (laughs) Um, they might have Belmar. Mm. There is at least one, there's at least one or two teams that I looked at that, honest to God, have not a single NHL player. I want to see if I can pull up France's roster, because the only, like, actually French... Yeah, I don't know if he's playing, but you're you're right, there is a French NHL player. But I know, um, I don't think Japan has any NHL players... But they have some KHL Probably. players, so. Yeah, I don't think there are any NHL players for France. Yeah. There's just, like, it's it's kind of weird to watch, because, like, in the NHL, for the most part, there's a lot of equity, and that's what makes it fun to watch. That's not the case. But it is a really fun way to watch, like, some of your favorite players, like, shine in a different way than you've seen them before. Because a yeah. lot of them will play, like, at a higher like, position in the team than they normally do because they're playing for a weaker country or it's just an excuse to get to watch them play more hockey, which is always awesome, so. And once we get into, like, the actual finals, yeah, it'll be a lot more 
matched up, but I think you have to play, like, everyone in your group before. Yeah, there's two groups, and you play everyone in your group, and then it moves into quarterfinals, and then semifinals. Quarterfinals, yeah. Semifinals and finals are really fun to watch, so I highly recommend those ones. Yeah. They are all at, like, really inconvenient times of day because, you know, Slovakia is on a slightly different time zone. Slightly. I mean, I live on the West Coast, so I probably have it the easiest of anyone in the continental U.S., which is where most of our listeners are. But, like, even then, like... like, It's late at night for you instead of, like, ass o'clock in the morning, but... Yeah, for me, they're at, like, 7 in the morning and then at, like, 11 in the morning. So if you can watch it at work, you can watch it, which is what I've been doing. Um, But then on the weekends, like, some of the games are starting at 3 in the fucking morning, and I'm like, I'm not getting up at 3 in the morning to watch hockey. I thought about watching the U.S.-France game, except it started at 6 a.m. on Saturday. I was like, hmm. That's a no, it's a no from me, dog. <laughs> it's fun to watch if you can. Um, the NHL Network is showing it. If you get... If you don't live in the U.S. somehow, or if your IP address says that you are not in the United States, you can watch them on YouTube. Um, there's ways to get a hold of it. Yeah, you, you, you can find it. <laughs> you can find it. <laughs> I've been finding ways to watch it. You're all smart people. You can figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. There's apps players. We're rooting for them. The playoffs are, like, still happening. Um, Sharks are playing the, the Blues. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I know Boston currently leads the Boston Carolina series two games to none. Yes. Which is a tragedy because Carolina is literally the only team left that I can even pretend to care about. Oh, I like Boston and Carolina. I like if I could if I it was up to me who won, I would choose Carolina because I like underdogs and wild cards wild card chaos squad unity, but yeah. I like some of the players on Boston. Although some of them have been pissing me off lately, but, like, overall... I, so, yeah. So, I do like... I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Boston. Me too. But they've been playing, like, such little shit. They really have. Like, I love so many of the players, partially because they're little shits, but they've crossed some lines this time yeah, that no make me uncomfy. endearing menaces. They're just, like actual dangers. Yeah, like, bring back the licking, Marshand. That was fun. Yeah. Marshand, this, these playoffs is... Yeah, this, like, trying to murder people thing. Not my fave. Bad. Not my fave. Yeah. Um. But, like, fuck the entire Western Conference at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, who, I... Like... Whoever wins from Boston and Carolina, that's who I want to win the Stanley Cup. Like, yeah. And if the Sharks go to the finals, like, I'm probably not going to watch much of it. Yeah. The Sharks are up one game to none. St. Louis is currently winning 1-0. We'll see how long that lasts. Through the first period. I 
would prefer St. Louis to win that series. And that takes a lot, because I fucking hate the Blues. But, like... I honestly don't know. Like, (laughs) neither of those makes me happy. I just, like, I want the Sharks to not win the Stanley Cup. Like, I hate the Blues. I want them both to lose. But, like, if the Blues somehow win the Stanley Cup, at least it'd be because they earned it. You know? Okay, that's... That's really what it comes down to, to me. I just, I need the Eastern Conference to win. One of my coworkers is the opposite. He's like, I only, I just want whoever wins the West to win because I hate both of the East Coast teams. I was like, buddy, you're entitled to that, but like, you're wrong. The entire remaining Western Conference. <laughs> How do you hate Carolina? Like, what the fuck? I what is was your coworker Don Cherry? Do you? I don't, do you I, work with Don Cherry? He's a Sabres fan, so I feel like there's no reason for him to have anything against Carolina. Like, Boston, I get. Like, when people are like, I hate the Bruins, I'm like, okay, that's totally fair. I like the Bruins, but, like, I get it. Believe me, I'm not going to fight you on that. They're easy to hate. I got Oh, yeah. Like, you're totally entitled to that opinion. But the Canes, I'm like, what do they do to you? What? They're like, they're cute. Like, the Canes have done nothing wrong ever. They're a very sweet, innocent uh, a team. I love them. I love scrappy little underdogs. Well, um, just as a precursor to uh, off-season coverage, now that the Avs are no longer in the playoffs or won't be playing hockey for like four months, which is a really long time, we're not going to disappear for the entirety of that. So our content is going to shift into more weird shit because... It's going to be super weird. Like, it's not like we haven't been weird the whole time, but, like, now we literally don't have hockey games to talk about, so we're really free to get weird. Uh, to, to kick things off and just a preview of the direction we'll be heading for a little while, um, Snapchat released a filter that makes all of that the, the gender swap filters, basically. Um, so I used them, used the filter on all of the avalanche. And if you go to our Tumblr, you can see the photos that I have created via Snapchat, turning all of the abs into gorgeous long-haired women. Guys, I am in love with female Tyson Joes. Oh my god, she's so pretty! Also, Tyson very low-key looks like Hillary Knight, and I don't know what to do with that information. Um, Matt Calvert looks like the friendliest soccer mom. Um, for some reason, Gabe Landeskog looks like Laura Liddy. Um, other highlights, uh... Carl Soderberg? Actually not a fan. Bad-looking girl. No, Carl Soda... Like, Soda's a cute girl. Like, what? I wasn't expecting that. But, uh, very cute. A cute look. Ryan Sam Graves Gerard looks exactly the same. It. Sam Gerard does look beautiful. Sam Gerard looks like a beauty queen. Yeah. Miko Rantanen looks like she tans too much. Um, That's real. EJ? Surprisingly beautiful woman. <laughs> um, Ryan Graves looks exactly the same, just with longer hair. <laughs> 
That's it. That's the only difference. Kamalkar still looks like a child, but now he looks like a spunky middle school girl instead of a <laughs> funky middle school boy. Nikita Zadorov gives off Zadorov some like, like every bitchy girl you ever met in high school. Yeah, he looks like the Regina George vibes. Just huge Regina George vibes. Heather's vibes coming. The solidly yeah. most attractive woman, according to the Snapchat filter, though, is uh, Tyson Jost, who looks just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's so pretty. I hate it. Like, way prettier than me. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in other weird content, I will be giving periodic updates on my off-season tradition of making my favorite NHL players on The Sims, and then myself, and then... It's just, it's The Bachelorette, but on The Sims, with me and my favorite NHL players. And in this world, they're all single, and that's it. That's all I do. Highlights from last year, just as a precursor, the time that Nathan McKinnon showed up at the coffee shop by my house, and I went to go talk to him, and he got his coffee, and then he left before <laughs> I just talk to him. You know what? That honestly may be the most accurate thing that has ever happened yes. in one of The Sims Correct. Um, and then the time that I got rejected at the club by Gabe Landeskog, and it was heartbreaking. That is tragic. <laughs> those, those are, like, the big highlights, I think, <laughs> of, yes. of that that round. We'll see what, what happens this round. I will give occasional updates. Uh, and finally, I ran a... So, BrantSteel.com great website. You can run simulations on just about anything, like The Hunger Games or Game of Thrones. But I was like, why not a reality TV show with all of the Avalanche? So I made ran a simulation for the Avalanche and Big Brother, and uh, I know how it ends, but you're not going to know how it ends until the season continues. So we will start with everyone was there at the beginning, of course, obviously. That's just how it is. But then, the head of household competition, the winner was Eric Johnson, so he got to nominate two players to be evicted, and he nominated Derek Broussard and Matt Calvert right out the gate. <laughs> Fucking rude. What did Brath ever it's do to you? because they were competition for Cool Dad. He, like, couldn't deal with that. Yeah, that makes sense. That really does. Um... Then there was the the point of the power of veto competition to determine who could, if anyone, was able to veto. And in this round, the winner was Matt Calvert. And so obviously he used the power of veto on himself. And then EJ had to nominate someone else, and he nominated Gabe Bork, which I don't think any of us can fault him for. But meanwhile, in house drama, Philip Grubauer called out Tyson Berry and said that he deserved to leave, which is fucking rude because Tyson Berry has never done anything wrong in his entire life. <laughs> Gabe Landeskog, providing household entertainment like the captain that he is, created a new game. Patrick Nemeth is not handling the stress well. <laughs> Ian Cole and Matt Calvert are bonding. Aww. 
Patrick I Nemeth mean, is... that's real. That's a real life. I know. I did a pretty good job setting this up, if I do say so myself. Although there is some <laughs> weird shit that goes down later on. You'll see. Um, I can't explain why it happened. It's a simulation. I don't... I didn't write the code. Uh, Patrick Nemeth is trying to appeal to the audience by telling a heartfelt story about why he deserves to win. I hope he talked about his wife, because the only thing I know about Patrick Nemeth is that his most prized possession is his engagement ring, and that is the cutest shit in the world. Stop! Yeah, that was, like, one of the facts at the at Pepsi, Pepsi Vision last year was, like, Patrick Nemeth's most prized possession is his engagement ring. In Swedish tradition, men wear engagement rings, too. And I was like, I love him! What a sweetheart! Um... <laughs> uh, Ian Cole held a meeting with the house to apologize for his behavior. That sounds real. Like, that's... Taking dumb fucking penalties? Yeah. Uh, Philip Grubauer and Ryan Graves got into a heated argument. I don't know what about, but... They yelled at each other. They're probably just stressed because it's been a tough season for both of them. They're just taking it out on each other. Finally, Eric Johnson and Tyson Jost are bonding. Which is what really matters. Then it came down to the eviction voting. Derek Broussard and Gabe Bork made their reasons as to why they should not be evicted. But in the end, it came down to a vote of 14 to 9. And Derek Broussard was the first one evicted from the Big Brother house. Poor Brass. What a tragedy. Stay Which tuned. Which is rude because real more. life Derek Broussard dragged the boys to Vegas. So. He did. Real life Derek Broussard was like, let's charter a flight to Vegas and partay. Um, so I guess now he has to go by himself. But, um, <laughs> and also, why would you not choose Brass over. Bor- I just. <sighs> I have feelings about Borg. Anyway. There's a total of 24 episodes. Stay tuned for more Big Brother Avalanche Simulation. It's it's a good time. And if you have off-season content you want to see for us, let us know. Tweet at us. Send us a message. Some ideas we've thrown around are... uh, live commenting on Nate's acting career. Um, yeah. There will be post-season grades for players since we did our mid-season yeah. review. Once we've recovered from the heartbreak and can go back and impartially judge. Should not right now. Um, yeah. Possibly looking through some bad fan fiction like that people write, because that's like a thing people do, is write real person fan fiction about hockey players. I think we should also do some potentially drunk but potentially sober hockey movie reviews. Yeah. I think we need a miracle watch and maybe also a <laughs> Mighty Ducks watch. Great idea. But like any of that stuff, like if you have like fanfic review like for us to review, send them our way if you have a topic you want us to discuss, send it our way. 
also about the thing. Like, we want the worst shit you can find. Yeah, no, this is we not, like, we don't want to read something like, heartfelt and touching. We want to read, like, the weirdest fucking shit out there. Like, like crack is, ships. Is there, like, barley gritty fic out there? <laughs> That's the kind of shit we want. Yeah, we don't want anything, like, real. Like, we're not here to, like, make fun of someone's quality of writing. We're here to make fun of ridiculous concepts. So, um... Yeah, send us weird fanfic, send us hockey movies to watch or comment on, weird topics, weird ways to rank players, literally whatever you want. We're here to have a, a good time this summer since the abs were not here to give us the summer we had hoped for. And it's been real. It's been a season. We'll do it again next year. And don't worry, we still have opinions to share all summer long. (laughs) We will always have opinions. (laughs) There are at least four Avalanche players playing in Worlds right now, so, like, we can still justify this (laughs) as an Avs podcast about hockey that's actually happening. (laughs) Well... But uh, help us get weird. Please.